What's up? What's up? Nick Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show because businesses are like onions. They look simple enough, but there's a lot of layers going on behind the scenes. This is the story of a particularly sweet onion and a particularly sweet online business selling that onion. Peter Askew is the owner of VidaliaOnions.com, and he's the author of a viral blog post called I Sell Onions on the Internet. And he sells a ton of them. By partnering with an award-winning onion farmer, Vidalia Onions shipped 64,000 pounds last season. But like the product itself, it's a business with layers worth exploring, from the domain name to the supplier-slash-farmer relationship, to the marketing efforts, and to the logistics and customer support that make it all work. I promise this one will get you thinking differently about domains, hybrid dropshipping type of businesses, direct-to-consumer stuff. It's a lot of fun. Notes and links are at sidehustlenation.com slash Peter. Thanks to Andrew Alleman from Domain Name Wire for the intro. This story starts with Peter's interest in domain names as assets, and specifically expiring domains. These are domains that were previously claimed, but the owners, for whatever reason, abandoned. When that happens, investors, entrepreneurs, and regular people like us have a chance to snap them up. Ready? Let's do it. Roughly 50 to 100,000 expire every single day. So became fascinated with this deep rabbit hole of domain names and how people treat domain names as physical assets where you can buy. And there are a lot of domainers who buy and simply hold them just like real world real estate. They'll hold them in hopes that they appreciate in value and then they can sell for a higher amount down the road. And I tried that, right? I've tried all different aspects, buying to hold, buying to park. If the domain had any existing traffic, you can monetize it through just parking and then the development route. And I ended up finding that I enjoyed the development route more than buying to resell, which I was really never good at. And parking was just boring. So I started viewing domains mainly from a development standpoint, and then just being patient, really watching the expiring domain name lists, which they publish every day. Where do you go to find those? Uh, Several sites. There's one site called Namejet. There's another one called Snap Names, and essentially Namejet and Snap Names have a partnership where you can bid on names across both platforms. There's another platform called Dropcatch. And GoDaddy is a very popular, since they're the biggest registrar, they actually auction their own names off within their own platform. So you can go to GoDaddy and scrub through all the names that are expiring and see if any of the domains there have any value. Is there any way to sort through the 50 to 100,000 that pop up on any given day? Lots of different ways. GoDaddy makes it a little bit easier than some of the other platforms. You can sift by traffic or existing bids. So an easy way to do it, one of the most user-friendly is to simply go to GoDaddy and simply sort by how many existing bids are backordered on a specific name. So you can see what types of names are, are essentially bubbling to the top and then scrub through those names to see if any of those domains strike your fancy, essentially shopping out of someone else's shopping cart. See what other domains have existing back orders on them and see if any of those strike your interest. And that's how Vidalia popped up. It had a lot of back orders on it. And this was, gosh, when did I buy this, Nick? Uh, uh, 2014 is when it expired. And it popped up. I live in Georgia and Vidalia is an actual city in South Georgia, about an hour away from Savannah. And most folks know it's you know a very, very popular boutique sweet onion that chefs across the globe rave about on how 
easy it is to cook with. And, you know, it doesn't uh, make your eyes tear up because it's so mild. And so as the auction was going on, it was up to about a thousand bucks or 1500 or 2000. So I dropped in a bid, may have been my only bid. I I dropped in a bid at 2,200 bucks and then it was crickets. No one else bid. And then the, you know, the timer goes down. This is all online through a browser and the bidder went down and I won the domain. And, and then I was like, wonderful. This is just another, you know, this domain uh, addiction can be very, very damaging to your wallet. And so I was like, wonderful. I had to delete the uh, GoDaddy app from my phone at one point. It was, it was getting bad. It is bad. Yeah. So I was like, great. Future projects, like the optimism of late night registrations for these future projects, you just never have time for. It's just, it's dangerous. And so I was like, wonderful. Okay. What am I, I'm not going to eat out for a little while and uh, I'll figure out where this $2,200 comes from. Let me just, man. And so I want it, pay the domain and went into my account. And then I just went back to a few of my other projects that I was working on, but this is the only time I've had a domain that really did continue to needle me in regards to there might be something here from a development standpoint, but it was not my sole focus. I want it, tried to learn what I did. I initially thought it was just a mistake and I'll learn from this. Maybe I can sell it down the road for the same price and get my money back out of after a year or two, but it kept needling me. And I mentioned this in that article that you mentioned, Nick, the I sell onions on the internet and it did, it kept pushing me saying there may be something here. Vidalia is close. This is a very, very popular onion. I was digging through YouTube just to see what chefs were saying about it. And Bobby Flay is one popular chef. And, oh, he just sings the praises. He's like, oh, if if I'm cooking this meal here today and uh, you need sweet onions. If you can get your your hands on a Vidalia, get your hands. If you can't, well, all the others are fine if you can get the, but if you can get your hands on a Vidalia, get your hands on a Vidalia. And it was interesting just to see their perspective from their professional perspective and having this be a boutique item and not a commodity where I'm not in a race to the bottom. This is a hard to find item where I might be able to command a little bit greater price, which might cover some of the operational cost and just the, it's a, it's a lot of manual work to put an onion in a box and then ship it out and then do support on it. If the box gets lost or, and people break into our boxes pretty consistently. And we've made changes over the years to try to make our boxes very tamper proof. All this stuff where you don't necessarily think about when you're just dealing with digital products, ones and zeros versus, oh, I got to send something through the mail and make sure it gets there. A little more consideration to that. So I'm on GoDaddy auctions now just to get a sense of what is out here. And I've sorted by bids and offers. That is a way to kind of crowdsource your research and like, well, this is what other people think might be valuable or might be popular. If you see that dropdown box under popular searches, go choose expiring because GoDaddy does allow other domain owners to input their inventory. So those are still good domains to consider. Expiring is we really get a wholesale price because somebody has abandoned this domain name. GoDaddy is acting as the auctioneer. So if you sort by expiring, then you can sort by all kinds of stuff. How many bids offers? What's the estimated value? GoDaddy has created their own valuation tool, their own domain valuation tool. That's pretty accurate. It's In some places, it's off the base, but it's pretty darn accurate. And so you can sort by estimated value. So that's one way I just kind of quickly pick. Let's see. There are a few that were popping up. Okay. Like cbdsupplies.com. Yeah, so the CBD industry is is blowing up right now. And just as detente was an interesting, I don't know if you see that on your side, Nick, D-E-T-E-N-T-E expires in five days. 
cyberuniversity.com. Cyber is a little dated, but still a neat term. Gotcha. But again, very deep hole. You can look at these lists every single day. Every single day, the list will be different. And there'll be a different interesting name that pops up. But then you, for all you know, a domain like Dude Rancher or you know Vidalia Onions pops up. You're like, huh, well, that's interesting. And the idea that that domain kept needling me with was like, who who is shipping these onions? Who's doing that really well? I just went on the web and said, okay, uh, buy Vidalia onions in Google. I just searched who's selling them or buy them online, sell Vidalias or farm to door Vidalias. And I found a few of farmers in Vidalia, one of the farmers, and they still do this to this day. You visit their site and you go to the order page and it's a PDF. And I don't even think you can fill it out. I believe you have to download it, print it, write your order on the piece of paper, write your credit card number on the piece of paper, snail mail it to them. And when they get it, when they feel like it, they'll send you some Vidalias. So when I saw that... Okay, that was the competition when you got started. That was the competition. I was like, okay, well, I like that a lot. I am not an expert on e-commerce. I know about it. But you know, these days, they make it so easy. They, listen, the, the barriers to start an e-commerce site are so much easier than they were five or even you know, not 10 or even five years ago. So I knew I could test. I originally started on Big Cartel and then moved over to Shopify after we determined it would work because Big Cartel, you're allowed to post, I believe, four or five products for free. And if you list more than five products. So for Fidelia, I was like, sweet. I sell a five pound box, 10 pound box, 25 and 40. There you go. There are the four products. So I listed them all on Big Cartel for the first year. Then it started working. I was like, well, okay, I want the Cadillac of e-commerce, and I've heard great things about Shopify. Let's figure out how that works. Then we kept getting more orders. I wanted to make sure I was taking care of my customers and making sure all the boxes landed at their front door. And then we integrated ShipStation just so I can see and manage every single, there's a lot of orders for you know 64,000 pounds. I want to make sure that all those boxes are go into their intended destination and allows my farm partner to allow him to concentrate on what he's great at is growing this amazing onion. Yeah. If you travel a lot for work or for a vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, 
I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I want to talk about that partnership. So this is a really creative way. So you know, rather than waiting for this lightning bolt of inspiration to strike, looking at these expiring domains as a potential like, okay, if I have this name, not and to be fair, like a domain is a place to park a business. It's not it's not going to make your business like you could have built this, you know, on any onion related domain. It's awesome that you have Vidalia onions. It's like, this is the inspiration for the business. It was not a business in a box is I guess what I'm trying to say here. And so I want to ask about uh, okay, now that you own this thing for 2200 bucks, what happens next? Is it kind of is still on the back burner, but you're like, I think there's something here. Tell me about your next steps. I would almost be your, your devil's advocate for the domain name. The domain name, it is my unfair advantage in this industry. So I was getting signups before I even partnered with a farm. So I put the domain up and people were visiting the site. They're either just going up and typing in what they were looking for. And you'd be amazed how many people still do this. They'll go up into the browser bar. They'll bypass any search engine. They'll type what they're looking for and add.com to the end and press enter. And I see this over and over and over again with domains that I, that I own and that I develop. And so I was getting traffic and I was getting email signups for a priority notification. Whenever I was able to build this, I will send you an email and let you know when we're ready for orders. So I put up a, just a mail, MailChimp page, started having people sign up. People started signing up. And so that was one of the first little taps on the shoulder. The fact that I had the name of the industry and I had the .com lends a tremendous amount of trust and then if I had a you know, good enough looking website with a good enough logo and enough trust and authority on the site itself, it increases the trust value to the, to, from what I've seen. And so as I get a, got a few people signing up, I was like, uh, how does this work? Uh, I need to find a farmer. That, thank goodness they're close enough so I can just drive down there. So what I, I kept searching online and I found that all the farmers are represented by a Vidalia Onion Committee. So I cold called them and I said, hey. Uh, number one, I wanted to make sure that I was one of the good guys, so to speak, that I wanted to try to help the industry and I happen to own this domain. And a lot of the conversation typically revolves around like, when you have good domains like that, it's it's fun to see people's reactions. And they were like, how did you get this domain? Oh my gosh. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I'm a Georgia boy. I, I want to, I'm trying to figure out, I, I, my gut's telling me that it might be mail order or you know, internet orders. And so they invited me down to come down and, and just meet with them and just spitball. And so I went down and met with the two old directors of the committee. They knew the pain point. I wasn't sure if they were just trying to butter me up to try this idea again, but they continued to say, our weakest point right now is mail order. They kept calling it mail order, doing farm to door, ordering these and shipping them out. And then I was like, okay, maybe. But then at that point, I kept mentioning, well, you know, if I do this, I, I have to ship the best of the best onions. Can you help introduce me to three or four farmers where you would vouch for them, vouch for the onion that they grow every year? And so essentially they drove around with me. We kept, we just drove around and visited farms. It was just 
Talk about a field trip. I sometimes compare this, Nick, to I remember growing up in school. I love going on field trips. It was just fascinating to get outside of school and go into a factory and see what the factory was making or go to a farm. A lot of these projects I have are very, very similar to field trips. So I, I got to hang out down in Vida and drive farm to farm and see what they were doing, what their pain points were, see if I got along well with their owners or their GMs or XYZ. So the third farmer I met was Aries Haygood, then M&T Farms. He was the general manager when I met, and he's now purchased the farm. So he's now the owner. Met with him, and he and I hit it off, and very easy to get along with. And we met, and he has a packing shed. He has the ability, UPS backs up to their dock door, and everything seemed to work out. He has storage facilities, so we have the ability to harvest and then keep them in climate-controlled storage, essentially, throughout the entire summer, so we can consistently ship until usually mid or late July each year. So all those things started to fall into place. So he was nice enough you know, to roll the dice on me. They didn't have a website prior to me partnering with them. And one of my pictures of them was, hey, even if we fall on our face and we don't work, listen, you're going to get a free website out of it. I will hand build you a website that looks pretty darn good and then we both tried to manage both of our expectations. Like, what do we think this thing is going to do? I don't want you to think we're going to have 100,000 pounds in the first year. And so both of us were saying, well, you know, if we get maybe 50 orders, I'll be pretty happy with 50 orders coming through the system. And we ended up the first year over 600 orders in the first year, had a little over 10,000 pounds. And that first year, nobody had ever used us before. Brand new customers out of the blue. A lot of paid search, driving traffic through paid search, through Bing and Google, all the search engines. A lot of my background is in, in paid search and analytics. And then SEO started helping a little bit as well. And then taking care of these customers, truly. I, I mean, answering phone calls. I respond to emails usually within an hour or two. I still, to this day, throw most of the customer support under my wing. So I try my best to baby these customers because they're challenging to find. And doggone it, if I get one that comes in and orders from me, I want to do everything in my power to keep them and give them a good experience. Because if I do, I know, you know that lifetime value is going to be a great asset to the company and allow us to grow this little project. And it's worked. Thank goodness it, it, it's worked. What was the deal if you're comfortable sharing that you cut with Aries for like wholesale pricing, hey, we'll be happy with 50 orders. What was that like? And he was comfortable that he had the capacity within the existing production capability to fulfill that stuff. We just did a rough split. I wanted to make sure he got paid more than I did because this is his onion. He's taking a chance on me. So I made sure he always gets paid more than I do. So it's usually, you know, 55, 60% I'm trying to pay to him outside. And then I just do backwards math to make sure I include shipping on all of our orders. And then if I can make, I don't know, 10 or 15 bucks, 20 bucks a box, we make less on some of the boxes out to California, maybe a little bit more on the East Coast boxes. So it's a ballet on running some of the numbers, but I was adamant on adding, including shipping on all of our boxes. Uh, and I'm not sure if you're like me, Nick, when I, when I order on the internet, if I order a $10 product and shipping's $15, I typically bail, but if I see that product for $25 of free shipping, it's a much easier. And this is just Amazon getting us used to this free shipping concept. Totally. Yeah, we were, we were on like Shutterfly the other day and, you know, we filled up our cart and then it was like $18 for shipping. Like 
Shutterfly, it's paper. Like, I know your game. I know you get everybody in with your, you know, everything's half off. And then you get them on the back end with the shipping. It's like, well, shoot, if Amazon can send me a kettlebell and dog food for free, like you ought to be able to be ship paper for less than 18 bucks. So from year one, we always, so that was one of my biggest fears in the first one, because I was truly licking my thumb and, and sticking it up in the air going like, what do we think a 10 pound box is going to average? And they had shipped a few boxes they had their own little small UPS account. And so we were able to look at it on a very small data set and say, what is the average price of a 10 pound box just for shipping? So we got some rough numbers. Then I applied those numbers to the pricing that I placed on this website. And they were pretty accurate. They, that, that helped out a lot. And then I started and after we got a, a season or two under our belt, I could run some deeper numbers. What does it cost you to send out this? Because you have varying sizes, but the, these onions are not a lightweight product. And listen, California folks, they know it. That's our number one order in state. So they get a good deal on, on some of these. And there may be, I may be adding probably a, a five buck surcharge, probably just some California and Oregon and Washington state, probably. It is expensive to ship out there. But oddly, we're still making a, a little bit of profit on some of those, on most of them. But then an order to Missouri or South Carolina or Georgia, we have more profit on. So it all evens out. So now, at the end of the day, what I love about this project is we don't have any outside, you know, we have, there's no VC, there's no angels, no nothing. It's us running this thing. So if we make a little bit of money at the end of the season and we feel like it's growing and we're taking care of these customers, I'm happy with that. If we're flat revenue-wise for a couple of years, that doesn't matter. Are our customers still happy? Is the business still healthy? And I tell you, every year, these customers, they keep coming back and they keep supporting us on this project. I had a I don't know if you want to edit this out, but I had one customer this previous season called me up, said he was so excited the season was about to start. His nipples were hard. I was like, this is an onion dude. we're talking about. He was like, dude, I'm so excited. I'm so ready for Vidalia season. I was like, man, this, this, these folks, I like them, but some people are absolutely you know, bananas about them. And I love serving those customers and I love doting on them. And when your business plays in that kind of market, that's a great place to be. Dude, yeah. So I was like, I had no idea because that question went through my head. I was like, do people order onions over the internet? But I don't know. I'm just dumb enough to try this kind of thing. Screw it. Let's just do it. Who cares? Just try it. See what happens. If it's stupid and nobody buys it, well, I got a good domain. Maybe I'll sell something else. Maybe I'll sell a salad dressing or salsa or relish, something else. It's an interesting take. I don't know if you want to call it a drop shipping model, but it's similar where it's like you're not the producer but you have now the marketing front for the product and you partnered with the supplier who can send the stuff out. I'm curious if you could tell me about that first season. You will be happy with 50 orders. We get the paid search cranking when somebody types in Medallion yeah. Onions, they're going to find the site. They click the button. What goes on? Like what gets sent between you and Aries at that point? Like, oh my gosh, you know, the bell's going off. We got to send this out. Yeah, the first season was truly winging it. So the order would come through Big Cartel and this is wildly different these days, but we duct taped it this way. The farm had the UPS account at that point. And so what I did, what seemed like the easiest was I trained all their staff on how we would do this handshake, essentially. Uh, I set up a shared Google spreadsheet. And so I would receive the orders in. I would manually move them over from Big Cartel over into the shared Google spreadsheet with the, <laughs> the person's name, the address. The pounds and then the size of the onion, whether it's medium jumbo or colossal. 
then I would email and say, hey, I got all the orders in, jump into that. And then they'd manually type in each order within their UPS terminal and print out the labels for each day. We typically ship Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, usually Thursdays if it's in the Southeast, because we're trying to avoid a lot of the hot temperatures in the summertime. That's what's interesting here is I'm hearing you talk about this. It's a, yes, it's an online business, but it's really a personal relationship business because it's your personal relationship with the farms going out there in person, like on these field trips, like you called it. And then you, you know, there's a phone number on the website and you, you're the one answering that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people are like, is this robot? Who are you in India? Like, nope, dude, I'm here in Georgia. I'm either here at the farm or up and I split my time between Vidalia and Atlanta. So I'm either here or I'm down there. And then I'll turn on my Southern accent a little bit. They want to hear some Southern accent. I can, I can try to mute it, but at this, I'm 49. So I'm like, well, I'm not even going to try to mute it. And who cares? If I have a Southern accent, I have a Southern accent. Who cares? And it works so well with this. And, and my customers love talking. So I'll just, I'll talk to them as long as they want to. It's like a Zappos call. If they want to talk to me for 30 minutes. I'll talk to them for 30 minutes. It doesn't matter to me. <laughs> They'll talk about stories about their grandparents and smuggling them onto ships and you know, I, I think I shared that story in one of my blog posts or, you know, things that they'll prepare with them. Oh, they made this sandwich. So here's, I got to give you this recipe to put on your recipe page. Oh, this is the best sandwich ever. You got to do this and that. And I was like, oh boy, you're getting me hungry. The beginning of the season, I went down there and I didn't want them to be hassled with printing out 200 labels. So I went down there and I'd known Aries a good enough enough time at that point, so I sidled up to this one of the one of their office desks and printed out 200 labels. Just sat there, and it took a few hours to print out 200 labels, tore them all up, organized them, and then got them ready for the pack and shed. These days, I have my own thermal printer, and then print them out, and then take them down there, just so it's just I show up, we're ready to go. This isn't a hassle for them because this is just a small component of their overall business. They ship millions of pounds through the farm every year, but they love this channel because when they ship to a grocery store, they lose that connection with the customer. It goes to the grocery store, the grocery store puts it in a bin, and no one knows that it's coming from A&M Farms. They don't know Aries grew it. Okay. So it was a pretty big operation to begin with, where if you end up selling 50,000 pounds, 100,000 pounds, it's like a blip on their radar versus like, oh, we got to buy more land to be able to fulfill this stuff. Exactly. Yeah. So that was one of my questions to Aries in the early days was, hey, uh, am I going to sell you out if we sell too many? And he was just laughing. He was like, no, there is no selling me out. <laughs> if we if we ever get to the point, I'll just you know, I'll plant an acre or two more. It's no big deal. But for what we're selling right now, it's nothing. And there really is no inventory. We have onions. So talk about built-in scarcity. We have onions from essentially end of April till middle of July. Outside of that, there are no Vidalia onions. So if you don't order, when our season is open, you will not get Vidalia onions. So it's not some manufactured scarcity that, oh, if you order in the next five minutes, it'll be 10 bucks off. My prices are my prices. They are never discounted. And if you want uh, onions, you need to order when our season is open. And listen, there are plenty of calls and emails that I get that are a week late and I have to apologize and and talk them off the ledge and try to make them feel a little bit better that they missed it or, or I'll tell them to keep my phone number or I'll reach out maybe at the beginning of the season. But when we're out, we are out and we don't have any more left. So that helps just from a marketing standpoint. When the season is ready, they are chomping at the bit. They're ready to place their orders. 
And we try to make it as seamless as possible from the back end just to get it and have that customer get as close to like a, you know, an Amazon Zappos type of experience where they're getting updates. They know where their package is. They get an email when it's leaving the farm a day before and after it's been delivered at the front door. They'll get follow-up emails. That's done through ShipStation today? Yeah, ShipStation. Correct. Yeah. So Shopify has it built in there, but ShipStation takes care of it for me now. Aside from the paid search, the SEO, taking great care of the customers that you do have so they become repeat customers. Anything else that's worked on the marketing front here? One of the toughest parts about starting and growing your business is figuring out how to build relationships. As you know, people are more likely to buy from and do business with people they know, like, and trust. But when it comes to networking, where do you start? And what if you're more introverted like me? What if you're more wallflower than social butterfly? Well, there's a recent episode of a great podcast called This is Small Business that walks you through how to figure this stuff out. The episode is called How Networking Can Help You Build and Grow Your Business. And inside, you'll learn practical tips on how to build business relationships that don't feel so transactional. A couple parts I liked in particular were how to break into those uh, tight little circles at networking events where you're kind of standing around awkwardly on the outside, and then what you should say in a follow-up email to somebody that you meet there. This is Small Business answers a ton of these questions that all entrepreneurs have, like how to use social media to grow your business, how to find your ideal price point, how to know when you're ready to launch your product, and tons more. So give it a follow. This is Small Business, an original podcast from Amazon, wherever you listen to podcasts. This edition of the Side Hustle Show is sponsored by Squarespace. Squarespace is the all-in-one website platform for entrepreneurs to stand out and succeed online. That means whether you're just starting out or your side hustle is already growing like crazy, Squarespace takes all things website-related and makes them easy. I want to highlight a few Squarespace features for you. One I knew about and a couple I didn't. First off, where Squarespace really shines is this huge library of professional website templates. That means you're not starting from scratch because they've got designs for every category and use case that you can customize to fit your unique needs so your business stands out online. That was the thing I knew about. Second one was new to me, and that's their online store functionality. Whether you're selling physical or digital products or a service, Squarespace has got the tools you need to start selling online. And third is their email campaigns. They make it easy to collect email subscribers from your site and drive engagement and sales through Squarespace email campaigns, and you can track the results of every send with built-in analytics. So head on over to squarespace.com for a free trial. And when you're ready to launch, go to squarespace.com slash side hustle to save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That's squarespace.com slash side hustle. Did you mention phone calls? I mean, that's an old school method that a lot of folks just overlook. Listen, I overlooked it for the first three seasons. I didn't have a phone number. And I have another uh, domainer friend that had a phone number and he mentioned it in some forum that I was in. And at that point, I was like, ah, screw it. Let's put a phone number on the site and see, see what happens. And there are some days I get more orders over the phone than I do through the website. Oh, interesting. You're like, oh, shoot, how many did I lose those first few years by not having it? And then I realized how important that conversation was to the customer. A lot of them are trying to make sure, is Peter selling the genuine, authentic Vidalia onion? And so they'll grill me with questions. Where are you located? When do you plant those seeds? All right, well, what do you do afterwards? Okay. All right, you seem like the real dog. Okay, let's try a 10-pound box. Can you just do it over the phone for me? Sure, I'll, I'll type it all in for you if you want me to. Uh, so phone number, that was surprising. It, I've had to manage it because you can get overwhelmed with phone calls. And I like 
babying these customers. So I try my best to answer the calls. And if I miss them, my little voicemail says, I call, I call everybody back. So bear with me. We're a farm. And if you bear with us, sometimes I get back to them the same day. Sometimes it's the day after. Um, but I'm trying to figure out some other unique ways, maybe Calendly, if they can schedule times to talk, that might help me. These are hard to find customers. So I don't want to outsource that. I want to talk to my customers, especially new customers. They're trying this for their first time yeah, and taking care of them because that allows us to grow. If they get a great experience and then they have a great onion, then it's game over. It's, I got, not game over, but it's, I have a, a high likelihood of getting that customer to come back and reorder and then they'll share us with their friends. That happens a lot as well. And it's fun to see it grow that way. And to have these relationships, I have these, you know, these voice relationships. I recognize people's voices every year now. Anything else to get people to the site in the first place? A lot of just unusual things. I test pretty much anything. So I like seeing the analytics of it to see if it actually drives people or signups or that article writing actually helped. So I wrote that I sell onions on the internet and it drove a fair amount of traffic. It drove, gosh, seven or $8,000 in sales when I wrote it. Oh, okay. You know, it hit Hacker News and for some strange reason, they love that story. And it drove, I think, 100,000 visits in 24 hours to the website, to the article, excuse me, to the article. And then it, and essentially, it then drove sales from the website. So writing has been really helpful. So I'm going to apply that to the website itself now that I have a little farm news section. Writing, I, you know, I sponsored a bike rider that was riding across the United States, had a billboard on 95, I-95. Oh, nice. Any way to measure the traffic from the billboard? That's awesome. Yeah, I did. I did. I bought a uh, tracking domain. So I bought buyonions.com. And so I knew I could just do immediate redirect and, and throw on some UTM parameters and see how many. It drove it barely broke even. I lost a little bit of money. It was a great experiment. Expensive. But what I continually hear from new customers is, gosh, I had no idea that I could order these. I've loved Vidalias for years. I never knew I could order them directly from the farm. So I kept hearing that comment over and over. So it kept, you know, it's telling me part of my job is an education plan. I need to educate people that, hey, you can order direct from the farm, uh, direct from us and support a South Georgia farm, American owned and operated, that whole deal. And support. We have fifty to one hundred people in our packing shed that we employ. Wow! Yeah, that's a that's a big operation. I remember seeing like early on in my affiliate marketing days, like this invitation to join an affiliate program for it was either like lobsters dot com or mainlobsters dot com, and it was a very similar idea. And I was like, oh, now I've seen it all. There's an affiliate program for everybody. You can buy anything you want on the internet, but it's similar. And so, just get your gears turning on what else this idea could be applied to. Trust me, we've considered lots of other types of options, but yeah, you have to find this where it isn't because you don't want a commodity. You don't want a pro, not don't. Um, it's challenging to sell that type of product because so many other people have it. So the unique aspect of Idelia is they can only be grown in Georgia. You can't grow and call an onion of Idelia if you grow a seed in Texas or in Walla Walla country up in Washington state. It has to be grown in this rough 20-county region in South Georgia, where there is this loamy, low-sulfur soil that produces in the water and the rain and our moderate temperatures that we have produce this exceptionally sweet onion. It's very similar to champagne. You can only call champagne if it comes from that region in France. Fidelias are identical. So that gives us another barrier. Uh, very difficult to get this onion, and you can only grow it in Georgia. 
and call it a Vidalia. And so a lot of our job is policing that name, making sure some knucklehead in Texas isn't trying to sell Vidalias on the internet under a fake name. This is just so fascinating. I had no idea there were, you gave the champagne example, which is one that I'd heard, but yeah, it's like, oh no, it's not just the variety. It's like, no, it has to be from this specific region. There's a limited season to it. Exactly. And limited season, very tough to find. And layered all on top of it is just this exceptionally sweet taste that you can cook it with anything. I mean, some people make desserts with it. <laughs> so aside from doing the marketing and answering the phones when those calls come in, and it sounds like doing this label printing and stuff like what is your involvement time-wise during growing and shipping season? It's almost a full-time job from... Well, gosh, I open up the order lines typically in February. So so from late February to March, I'm answering calls a good three or four hours of the day and then prepping the orders. Our season, it's typically the end of April or the beginning of May. So when I begin accepting orders, it's getting those orders lined up, getting them in the system and queued, essentially ready to print. And then talking mainly a lot of just talking to customers and then advertising, like running advertising. Am I losing money? Am I above money? What new advertising am I going to try this year? So we're trying a few new channels this year that are already in the works. Like Georgia Grown came down, which is basically the Georgia Department of Agriculture came down and did a great, it's on our homepage now, uh, did a great video on Aries that they fully produced. I mean, GoDaddy came down and visited after I published the Onions article. GoDaddy was nice enough to come down and do a, a little just a feature on this project, on interviewing me. It's on askyou.org. One of the edits is just me as a domain investor. And then they have another longer version of me and Aries, like what we, you know, how we cobbled this thing together and we're essentially one. It, it seems like a drop shipment, but I'm under their wing. I am AM Farm. I am not anything without them. I don't partner with any other farms. I partnered just with AM and just with Aries. You know, after we started shipping in 2017, I believe he won Vidalia Grower of the Year for the entire, you know, the industry. So he grows a heck of a Vidalia onion. So that helped us grow a little bit after that year. And so now I can throw that on the site that we have the name, we got the farmer, and we're trying our best every single year to tinker with the back end to make sure that we have the right infrastructure in place to make this as seamless as possible. And we're still learning every year. We learn a little bit more, something a little bit different to try. But it is. In season, it's a full-time job, especially from May, June, and July. Taking calls, printing labels, following boxes, making sure they land, heavy customer support, and just taking care of these customers. Box didn't arrive. Box got stolen. Box got bashed in. And all the onions are rolling around on the, on the ground outside. Box got delivered to the wrong house. Yeah, things that are not necessarily any fault of your own, but just bound to happen through the law of large numbers if you're shipping out hundreds and thousands of orders. Yeah, I mean, that's one side. I mean, I was not a customer support. I didn't have any experience, so I've had to teach myself that. And now it's just empathy. I just need to listen to them. They want to be listened to. So I just want to listen and then take care of them. And we'll lose money on ones. That's fine. Just just lose money and take care of them. And then they'll probably be back if I just take care of them. The UPS person leaves it on the doorstep and it's 120 degrees in Phoenix and they, the onions don't like that typically. So onions go bad. So now we got to take care of them, send them a make good or lose a little bit of money to take care of that customer. But you have all, to your point earlier, you have all the products I had to start shipping out of everything I had an option to, you know, the perfect option, you know, would be something small that doesn't expire. It's easy to ship. 
And of course, I have to go the exact opposite. So I don't make this determination. This is almost you know, inner nature for me. I just happened to do this and it started working and I enjoyed it. And I was being very helpful to these people. And that makes me feel very good. When I'm helpful, that makes me feel very good. So I didn't really care what the product was. I was like, I love these Vidalias. It's very helpful that it's a Vidalia and it's farming. But I was very helpful for these customers because they've been looking for it for so long. I was like, man, of all things, a perishable vegetable that is seasonal, that is very heavy. But then you look at it from you know the glass half full side. I'm two and a half hours away. And my customers don't mind paying a premium price to have this delivered to their front doorstep. It's seasonal, but that's a positive because they got to get their order in in this window of time. And it allows me at the end of the season to downshift because I write notes throughout the every season. Okay, this is a pain point I'm, exi- I'm feeling every single day. And I write down the pain point at the end of the season. I go in, I start fixing pain points. So it allows me this, this quiet period. I can go in and tinker on the business behind the scenes. So I'm not constantly at it and then prep. And then you start taking pre-orders starting now, or could you pre-order on the website now? Not yet. So probably around February, I open it up. When my customers start yelling at me, essentially I go turn it on. And that's usually around February. Why don't you have it? Why can't I order? Yeah, turn it on. I was curious, are there any other, aside from Shopify and ShipStation, any other tools or tech that have become uh, really integral here? Uh, WordPress. been using WordPress since the early days just for the face of the website. I considered integrating some of their e-commerce functions on there, but man, I just love Shopify. It's been very friendly to me and very easy to use, and it plugs into virtually everything. I just moved over to Email Octopus for email capture. I was using MailChimp. It started getting a little expensive for me, so I had to move over to Email Octopus, which I've been very happy with. So Email Octopus for email, which is almost as valuable as my orders itself. My email list is one of the most important assets that I have. That, and honestly, uh, snail mail. I send a postcard out every year. Something you may just forget, but I send a snail mail because I kept getting customers every year. They say, God, I didn't get my email. And I, you know, they'll get mad. They'll get mad at themselves and they'll get slightly mad at me that <laughs> they didn't get the email. So I was like, well, why can't I just send them a postcard? I'll just design one myself and Pixelmator. Just put our logo on it and say, hey, FYI, start of the season. I send our email out. And then about a week or two later, a postcard will hit their front door. And then I can't tell you so many customers like, thank you so much for that reminder. I got the email, but then I forgot to order. But then I got your postcard. I remember. And I came and ordered. And it's not cheap. It's thousands of dollars. It's worth it. It's worth it to have that low tech. I like low tech. Yeah, that's an interesting one. Is there a service that you use to help process all those uh, postcards? I think it's called Postcards for Less. And they've done a good job. I think their main site is pfl.com, but it might be my PFL is the little division that I was working with or using. Yeah, PFL. PFL, great domain. PFL.com. All right. Three-letter domain. But those are, yeah, right off the top of my head, I'm trying to think. I use Clicky for analytics on the site. Yeah, for paid search, I use all the platforms out there. I don't advertise on social media. Uh, I mainly just do paid search. I've always had a good return on investment within paid search. And if I don't find the customer within social, I'll find them eventually through search or through a word of mouth. Is there a metric that you're looking for in terms of return on ad spend for PPC? Nah, I really don't care. I mean, if I 10 bucks would be great, but it's sometimes much higher than that. When I get a customer, I should go through and go get the hard data on how long a customer stays with me. But I've had people 
listen, most of my customers order four or five times a season from me. Oh, really? Okay, geez. Oh, gosh, yes. But then they'll come back year after year. And I have hundreds of customers that order multiple times per year have been with me since the first season. So yeah, it's a lot. I just, I know that lead is worth a lot. So I don't mind overpaying to try to get them. That's where the domain comes in as well. Um, And there are plenty of studies out there that show a good descriptive.com domain consistently gets a higher click-through rate than petersvidaliaonions.com. The exact match just by looking at it has a higher trust value. And by getting a higher click-through rate, it'll lower your quality. Well, it'll increase your quality score and lower your cost per click. There's so many advantages of just having a great domain and starting on a great domain rather than having the domain be a conversation five or 10 years down the road after you've shown or experienced some success. And then the value of the domain is six figures for it versus just starting with a small unfair advantage. I love small unfair advantages and starting with the wind behind your back and allowing it to push you and seeing where that path might take you. You bit off a pretty pretty complicated project. And this isn't your only gig, I think. Grateful for the off season because you got other stuff going on like ranch work, like birthday parties. Tell me what's next. What's got you excited going into 2021 here? All three of them do. I, I've tried a lot of projects. So these aren't just the ones I've tried and they all landed. I've tried plenty of projects that I've truly fell on my face. I mean, I've built custom software that had, I got crickets when I tried to sell it in the call tracking industry. I tried something in the land survey industry and got nowhere, although I think I have something there down the road, hopefully. Um, I've tried lots of different ideas and I've had plenty that didn't work. I appreciate you sharing that. It's easy to uh, you know focus on the highlight reel when there's a lot that went on behind the scenes. I spent $26,000 buying landsurvey.com. I still haven't figured out a way to monetize it. So I'm sets 26 grand just sitting there it's a massive industry. I know there's something there. It's just sometimes the ideas or the domains tell me sooner. Vidalia told me very, very quick. Land survey is taking its time. I haven't cracked that nut yet, and I'm confident I will. But to your point, so I have mainly three projects and a wild card. It's always how I'm approaching it these days. Vidalia is my baby, is the one I really do. I focus a lot of time on all of them, but it's such a different beast. Fidelia, and then I have ranch work. It's a job board, very simple, one function. It's a job board for the ranching industry. And that's a tough pain point for them because a lot of the ranches are in very remote locations. So it's very difficult for them to hire. And then I threw it on WordPress with a $60 job board theme and started consistently posting jobs from dude ranches at that point. So I focused my time on it. And then birthday parties is the newest one that has a lot of upside, has a ton of potential. covid treated it very poorly because all, all the you know all the birthday party places had to shut down. It's my marathon project. It's just I'm never gonna give up on it. I'm pretty confident it will work. It's just very simple marketplace directory to guide parents towards birthday party locations in their area. And I'm constricting the environment right now. I have Atlanta, Charlotte, Nashville, Chattanooga, and I just expanded to Denver. I'll probably go to Dallas or Phoenix, maybe Seattle next. And I'm building it myself. And essentially, they'll eventually pay me a yearly fee to be included. And there'll be tiered pricing if you want a little bit more exposure. If your listeners are old enough to remember just you know the good old Yellow Pages, very similar model. We'll list you for free in the Yellow Pages. But if you want a big thumbnail ad, well, that'll cost you a thousand bucks a year in the Yellow Pages. So directory marketplaces are, I've found, very good models to Bill, where you are essentially the middleman and you're passing this lead, there's nothing to box up. There's nothing to ship out. You're just providing a very helpful service. 
on the internet and I just happened to bake it into a, a good domain name that, that expired and I bought it in 2018. Yeah, I like it. I hope birthday parties come back for lots of reasons, not just, you know, for your success with this domain, but I think you're right. There's a long-term play there where that's a valuable service on top of a valuable domain. Well, Peter, this has been a ton of fun. I'm glad we got a chance to connect. I'm excited for everything that you're building. Again, VidaliaOnions.com. AskYou.org is where you can find uh, links to all of Peter's projects, A-S-K-E-W.org. Peter, let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Yeah, start with a good domain name. Don't ever think, don't let anyone else tell you that a domain doesn't have value these days, that it's all app-based or a .io or a .co, which are fine alternatives to a .com. But try the route of starting with a good domain name and seeing if it can guide you towards a business or a project that might provide some value out there to where you can be helpful, have fun, and at the end of the day, learn a little. I like it. Thanks so much for joining me, and we'll catch up with you soon. Now, thank you for having me, Nick. I love this chat with Peter because his perspective was a bit different from what we're used to hearing. With that in mind, here are my top three takeaways. Number one is domain first, business idea second, and I'll put a question mark behind that one because this is counter to pretty much every business I've ever started. But as Peter has shown, there's some merit to it. Domains can be a source of inspiration and a source of perceived authority. The downside is there's a bigger upfront cost. For example, after the call, I was going down the expiring domain rabbit hole, like Peter explained on GoDaddy, and I found juicecleanse.com, which at the time had only been bid up to 135 bucks. 135 bucks for juicecleanse.com? But it did have an estimated value of a little over 6000 so we'll see what it ends up going for. Still, it's a great domain, and you can kind of start to imagine the type of business that you might build on top of it. The good news is, even if something doesn't work out, you still have the domain as an asset. It's kind of like me buying an old pickup truck to paint houses in college. Even if that venture had failed, worst case, I could resell the pickup. It wasn't going to be worth $0 at the end of it. And I think it's the same story with domains. Peter called it his small unfair advantage. And I can see his point about owning the premium.com domain in your space as it just opens up a lot of doors and makes life easier down the road. And like he said, yes, you pay more at the onset, but you pay a whole lot less than you would if you build something on a secondary domain and then you try and acquire the one you really want later. I think the domain first business second approach makes a lot of sense if you're somewhat idea agnostic and it actually relieves some of that pressure of trying to come up with a business idea. I think it's a really interesting approach to idea generation and one we really haven't heard before in seven and a half years of the Side Hustle Show. But to be fair, you still have to build the business. Peter has obviously put in a tremendous amount of effort to build this brand. The domain just maybe gave him a leg up as he was building and it could be the same story for you if you follow in his path. Takeaway number two is to talk to your customers. I was a bit surprised when Peter said he spends hours a day fielding phone calls and taking orders from customers. My gut reaction was, man, why not outsource that or hire a customer service rep, even if it's just for the busy season? But Peter said this a couple times during the call. These customers are hard to find and they're worth a lot in terms of lifetime value. So for him, it makes sense to serve them with a personal touch. And you could tell just from the energy in Peter's voice and the stories he has about those customers that it doesn't feel like work. It seems like he gets a real kick out of taking those calls and serving those people. 
Plus the added benefit besides a happy customer and hopefully some positive word of mouth is hopefully some one-on-one customer intelligence that your analytics software isn't going to give you. I mean, we're often in a rush to automate and outsource as much as we can, as fast as we can, and you know, myself included here. But there's something to consider on Peter's strategy of doing as much talking to customers as you can, especially early on in your business. And if it's helpful, don't think of it as one sale today. Think of it as potentially a dozen sales or more over the life of that customer, and maybe a handful of other orders if they become an evangelist for your brand or for your service. That's takeaway number two, talk to your customers. Takeaway number three is be selective. I was appreciative when Peter said he tried a ton of different projects, and some of those were major flops. I think the Onion project worked for a combination of factors, one of which being Peter's willingness to devote some serious energy and attention to it, even though from the sounds of it, he probably had a dozen or more potential domain-related development projects he could have tackled next. This one was the one that rose to the top. First off, it was a product he knew at least a little bit about, and one that wasn't completely commoditized. People were willing to pay more for this specific type of onion. I loved how Peter started with some relatively inexpensive validation. Hey, I'm going to put up a simple landing page that surprisingly captured some interest from just people typing in the domain type-in traffic. Armed with that, he was able to approach the Growers Association, which led to the introduction to Aries, and he was off to the races. But my point here is, there's way more domains available than you'll ever have time to build businesses for. So if you do follow Peter's method of using domains as inspiration, do a little mind mapping of what that project might entail. My GoDaddy account is littered with well-intentioned domain purchases I just never got around to doing anything with. I love Peter's story, but the notion of being selective stood out to me, even with the multiple businesses he's running simultaneously today. Once again, you'll find the full text summary of our call, along with all the links and resources mentioned over at sidehustlenation.com slash Peter. But before we go, can I send you some free stuff? 65,000 people receive my weekly newsletter packed with money-making ideas, and I'd love to send it to you as well. You can join for free at sidehustlenation.com slash join or text the code hustle on to 33444. You'll also get access to hundreds of members only goodies and bonus files that I've created over the years, including tons of tactical tips from top podcast guests. Plus, I'll invite you to the world's largest, most active and most supportive side hustle community. That's all free for you at sidehustlenation.com slash join. Or again, you can text the code hustle on to 33444. That is it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen. And I'll catch you in the next edition of The Side Hustle Show. Hustle on. Is there a more dreaded question than what's for dinner? Meal planning and eating well to hit your nutrition goals doesn't have to be complicated. Our sponsor, Factor, makes it easy by sending delicious, ready-to-eat, chef-crafted, dietitian-approved meals right to your door. Every week, you've got over 35 different menu options to choose from, including keto, calorie-smart, 
vegan and veggie options, and more. Some personal favorites of ours so far have been the garlic mushroom chicken thighs and the Indian butter tofu. These are restaurant quality meals ready in just two minutes. No prep, no mess. It's the perfect easy button solution for busy side hustlers and couples. And it's not just dinner either. Factor has nutrient-packed snacks, smoothies, breakfasts, and more. And hey, plans change, which is why you can scale up or down your meals or pause or reschedule your deliveries anytime. Head to factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 and use code sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while your subscription is active. That's code sidehustle50 at factormeals.com slash sidehustle50 to get 50% off your first box and two free wellness shots per box while subscription is active. Big thanks to Factor for sponsoring the show.